It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up, happy President's Day, Jock Vaughn. You're fired. We break down the dismissal of the head coach for the Brooklyn Nets, what it means in the short term, and if we feel like Sean Marks could be on the hot seat too. All coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, uh, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there is Doug Nori. I'm Adam Marbrecht. We thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We're 100% free on all those great platforms and live on YouTube, Doug, for the breaking news, as we all anticipated, the Monday after the All-Star weekend, right when all the coaches get fired, Jock Vaughn relieved by the Brooklyn Nets. Well, Jacques Vaughn takes the L. I'm going to take the L, too, because I said that there was no way he was going to get fired this season uh, and laid out all the reasons I thought that would be the case. That was clearly wrong. The Nets... What's I agree with you publicly, but everyone should know that privately, I completely disagreed on this take. I was 100% against it. I just didn't want to embarrass my co-host. That was that. And what kind of works is like a sort of a, a all-star break Monday news dump um, yeah. in, in the timing of it. Obviously, Monday morning, everyone's off. Uh, it, it effectively kind of works that way. Although when you look back on it, is it all that surprising that Jacques Vaughn is fired? Of course not. I mean, the team is completely underperformed this season. They're coming off of one of the most embarrassing losses in history. There's been comments about the, from the players that came out this weekend. We're going to go over that. There's been a building frustration possibly uh, around that. So we're going to discuss all that. Ultimately, Jacques Vaughn is out as coach for you know the last third of this season. And it's it sort of just represents another tipping point, sliding doors moment, whatever you want to call it in the Nets organization about like sort of what they're going to do going forward, because this is a team that has more questions than just the coach. Of course. And we'll go ahead and highlight the official statement from the Brooklyn Nets here. And before we get into what it means, uh, Doug mentioning their players, maybe starting to get a little bit vocal, how much impact did they have on the decisions of Sean Marks and ultimately Joe Sy? But this was an incredibly difficult decision. Sean Marks said but we feel it is in the best interest of the team going forward. Jock has represented this organization with exemplary character and class for the past eight years. The consistent positivity and passion he poured into our team daily will remain with the players and staff he interacted with throughout his tenure. We thank Jock for all he has done for the Nets and the borough of Brooklyn and wish him, Laura, and their family nothing but the best in the future. Over the course of his time here, this is beyond Sean Mark's comments, uh, the three seasons head coach Brooklyn in Brooklyn, Vaughn had compiled a 71 and 68 record. That's winning. That's winning basketball, baby. I, I hate to, just, <laughs> I hate to say you know, that's building a winning culture. I hate to say that because we, we are never pro players getting traded or dumping on, you know, players in their minutes and their performances or coaches getting fired. But like, your impact on the, on the organization and all of these, these are always such fluff pieces after you like, He's, he had a horrible season. 
And he had a hard, yeah. and you could argue that he didn't have a great 27 games a year ago either. And a lot of times you never anticipate this from a GM or from an organization, but you wouldn't hate it if they came out and said, honestly, we probably should have gone a di different direction this off season. We probably should have made a decision sooner around this particular role. And we didn't. And it's a failing on our part, but it's in the best interest for everybody that we move on now, right? There's never an acknowledgement of, of your culpability in the head coach that you put in place that has struggled mightily all year long. Well, are you saying from the Sean Marks angle? Like, yeah, that, like that, yeah, from the organizational, yes. Yeah, so, okay, so I will, you know, there's a couple, there's so many different angles to take this in terms of when the coach is fired. And this is something that we're going to probably end up dissecting more over the course of the week, right? Like this is, this represents something like the real-time reaction. You know, he's just been, he's been fired within the last hour, uh, yeah. essentially, and trying to sort of make pieces. All these things tend to, oh, things tend to, to Sorry, work not, themselves not to out. Jump in real quick here, uh, yeah. just because I, I didn't put this in the clarification when I read yep. that statement. The top of it was the Brooklyn Nets have relieved Jock Vaughn as their head coach of his head coaching duties. An interim head coach will be named yeah. in the near future. Go on. Right. So we don't even know who the interim coach is going to be. Um, and we'll, we'll you know, we had sort of made some guesses in the past where they would go, but the fact that they didn't name someone right away lends itself to some more questions. And by the time this episode's over, they may have named one. Right. This is sometimes right. the this is sometimes the problem of doing things in real time. Although like getting quick reactions is, is also pretty important when it's something this big. You mentioned Jacques Vaughn's record as the coach. If you add in his playoff record, he's a losing coach. He's 0-8 in the playoffs <laughs> as the Nets coach. So if you want to just <laughs> chuck those in there. But like you said, it, this season has not has been significantly below expectations. And I actually thought Vaughn's job was pretty safe going into this year, no matter what, based on the contract extension that they signed him to really quickly when he was first hired, right? He's mm. under con the Nets are now going to be paying two coaches plus an interim because Steve Nash is still on the books. I thought that Vaughn's um, job from that perspective was pretty safe because the team was in a gap year, you know, like they, the expectations, maybe it's just like, Hey, can we make the playoffs? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's going to be good enough or the playing game. And that's going to be good enough. It's really a testament to how bad the season has gone that they even got to this place. Right. Like, because I think that like, in terms of having a pretty long leash around performance, the performance expectations were already so low, right. All things considered yeah. that you would have thought that Vaughn probably had some staying power, even if, you know, the, the record was, you know, 500 or less or, or, or whatever, but following that loss to Boston, fo following some of the player comments, following some of his comments, frankly, which I felt a lot of times lacked the, um, like lacked the inner look to say, like, we may have done some things wrong, like kind of seemed to blame external factors a lot, like coming off that loss to Boston. He had an interesting quote that said, a lot of these guys haven't played together. And he said, Dennis Schroeder and, Shooter and uh, Cam Johnson had only hadn't played together. Well, they played like a minute and a half together all game, right? right. Like, so just very. And, and by the way, every team deals with this. Every team deals with new players. The Grizzlies, like basically the night later, a team that had never played together beat the Bucks. You can't use these excuses that guys hadn't played together as an excuse for underperformance. And I think there was a, a continued lack of just. I guess had inner reflection or outward reflection around his own performance that always that was beginning to really ring hollow, right? Like it's like how can we like how can you have these records? How can you have this defense? How can this offense look like this? How can you how can things look like this and not have it be some coaching? So I think there was like a little bit of writing on the wall just from his own comments too, and I wonder if as much as anything like that became the straw that broke the camel's back because I think he was a guy that had. I think it had to go really bad to get fired. It's a testament to how bad it was going that he actually got fired.
Well, and this was the other part of it, too, before we start to move into you know, what it means going forward, having some names maybe to speculate about who could replace him ultimately. But it also, to me, to you, you mentioned the point there. It's like this team is still, you know, comically in the play-in tournament discussion. But the fact that it did, it never really looked like, and we've mentioned the injuries throughout the season, right? It messes up some timing and the rhythm, but it never looked like from a system standpoint that there was improvements. That's, I think, the biggest problem with, with Coach Vaughn over th this season. It's that, hey, listen, wins and losses are going to happen, but it never felt like fundamentally you were getting the, the players. Remember, going back to last season, it was Cam Johnson that said, well, we're all coming in from all different systems. We're trying to learn new terminology, new language. going to take time. Okay, 27 games, entire offseason, entire training camp, and all of the, the what is it, up to 50-plus games now of across the course of this season it still didn't look like you had figured it out. Now, you can speculate whether or not there's buy-in from the players or not, but at a certain point, you have to look at the staff and say, come on, like if you can instill this and then you come out with comments of, I think the players are learning a lot here. I think they're taking away a lot. There was some separation there from Jock Vaughn in terms of we're putting in the right principles and it's just a matter of the players getting up to speed on it. That, that seemed to ring a little bit hollow as well. Coming up here in a second, Let's just further this discussion. What does it mean for the Brooklyn Nets going forward over this season? And we will reflect on the timing of this and how it does pave the way for someone, interim or otherwise, to maybe have a soft landing spot from a schedule standpoint. We'll get into that coming up here in just one second. All right, before we get to that, tell you about our friends over at Grammarly. Look, no matter what kind of work you're doing out there, sending emails, doing reports, doing presentations, you have to make sure that your fact checking and your, frankly, your grammar checking, your spell checking is absolutely up to point. Just a little piece of what Grammarly is going to offer you. You're talking to one of the hardcore Grammarly users out here, folks. Had a premium account for years now. Use it every single day. Looked at an email my wife was sending the other day for her business, and she didn't have Grammarly installed, which I was shocked. I instantly installed it. It found so many little changes that she could make from spelling to grammar to just cleaning up the overall like sort of tone of the email. This is just a little bit, a fraction of what Grammarly can do to you. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. It works across 500,000 apps and websites. I'm not, I'm no math major, but that's a lot. Understanding your writing, it's going to understand your context. It's going to provide relevant and personalized suggestions. It's just going to make your writing. It's just going to make your presentation. It's going to make those reports better across the board. 93% of professionals are using Grammarly Premium. Just report that it's just helping them get work done better, make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as we continue, what is the live update? Obviously over on YouTube as well. We always appreciate everybody coming in. Another little reminder to go over to wegotnets.com where you can pick up a free ebook when you sign up with your email. It's five stories in five days from the history of this organization. Guess what? 
2.0 is probably coming down the pike, and it could be the Jock Vaughn reflecting on his tenure as the Nets head coach and what it meant for this team. You also get alerts around new content we're creating there, and there's a forum where you can go ahead and send us a message. Give us your takes. Ask your questions about this team. Really excited for what we're doing over on WeGotNets.com. Sign up for your free ebook today. Okay, timing-wise, Doug, we said now, it's funny, you you acknowledged your perspective was it was going to be in the offseason. And while tongue-in-cheek at the top, when you laid out the reasons why, I, I liked it. I think it made sense. Like, why rock the boat for a team that is not necessarily going to win a lot of basketball games? But when you play competitive and you come back the first game against Boston, you say, hey, okay, that's something to hang your hat on. And then get totally dumpstered, and it's followed up by the comments by Mikhail Bridges. It All of a sudden, as soon as it gets announced this morning, you go, yeah, I, I could see it because we now do have a track record here throughout the season as well. There's more than a handful of games where it felt like this team just didn't show up. Yeah. And what, once you've lost the locker room, we know in professional sports that that is the death nail because there is no coming back from that. And it's almost surprising, maybe if we think back now, that Jock Vaughn survived several of these games from this team. Look, they right now, as of uh, February 19th, they are 19th in offense, 21st in defense, with the defense being particularly troublesome, right? And yeah. then you come off that Boston game, and Mikhail Bridges essentially intimates that, like, changes have to be made. Now, he doesn't say, like, you know, he's basically saying something has to change when you get that, when you get, when you lose by that much. Now, whether he, it's an inward reflection, as like he had done earlier in the season around his own play, or if it's just a growing frustration with like the organization or lack of direction when it comes to different schemes, which we've sort of heard about, he's become more vocal in the short term uh, around like maybe some frustrations there going away from his own culpability to maybe just like that there's other problems with what's happening. Um, you know, that was like really when he said that, that those quotes after the game, I was like, huh, this might be speeding toward the end here because these are not even that veiled frustration mm -hmm. in terms of like where, and it's like not seeing it maybe as like where we saw earlier in the season. It's like, you know, I got to be better. You know, this team's going to kind of ride with me here. It wasn't like that anymore. Now, maybe it, it could have been. I mean, like these guys haven't been amazing on both ends of the court either. Like they're, they, I think the everyone's kind of to blame here, but in terms of like just the way things were messaging, then he obviously has some sort of high, some higher profile comments with Jalen Brunson and crew uh, on the podcast where they're talking about how the Nets just like don't really rival the Knicks. I'm paraphrasing here just mm -hmm. in terms of fan base and stuff like that and how it's always going to be hard. I don't think that like necessarily has to do with the firing, but you can just sort of see this, the tone shifting here in terms obviously cam thomas has been frustrated with vaughn it seems like in the past with playing time and not, not understanding had higher pro like you know widespread comments about like not knowing what his rotations were at the end of games right like never like not having clear messages so i think there was all these little things that were happening and if you're going to be willing to just hire an interim coach knowing that that person's not going to be the long-term solution i guess it does make the situation a little different but than I like sort of thought it was going to be. But just looking back at how this last week has gone, I mean, you can't be yeah. surprised at all at the announcement. Like, I wasn't surprised at all when no. I saw it, even if I thought that it might not happen. For no, for you're right, for sure. It wasn't like you go, oh, this feels very left field. Now, we will get into also the timing of it from a trade deadline standpoint and organizational decisions made around that. But let's stay on the Mikhail Bridges piece just for a second. Listen, we know that, that players drive the league and, and they have a lot of influence and their input, and it, sh it should be valued. But Mikhail Bridges is not a superstar talent. And the Nets just went through this with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. 
does it concern you at all if it is the the influence of the way Mikhail Bridges has been speaking more recently than going back to the beginning of the year that that impacted the decision to fire Jock Vaughn because he's been a part of the organization for eight years. They obviously have a, have an affinity for him, Sean Marks and Joe Sy. They, they knew exactly who this coach was, by the way, when they gave him his extension, right? Like, it's not like this is, oh, we're surprised it didn't work out. But then when Mikhail Bridges makes those comments, this, and I'm not knocking Mikhail for it, but it seems to give some indication that like we are concerned with Mikhail Bridges wanting to be here, wanting to be a part of this organization and getting a clear sense that maybe he's starting to wane a little bit now that we're talking about last season, 27 games this year. This is an under 500 basketball team. And it doesn't look like in the short term, there's a bright future here, barring them going out and making that big splash in the offseason. Yeah, you know, sometimes these are things that you don't realize till later. or They never really fully come out. My strong suspicion is not is that like Mikhail Bridges didn't ask him to be fired or anything like no, that. No, I doubt yeah. there was like a player mutiny along these lines at all. I, I just don't think that now. Do I think that he got asked ahead of time? Probably. I mean, probably. Right. Like, I think that's sort of how these things go. It's like, you know, would you be devastated if this happened? And, you know, this is all not I'm, we're not reporting this. I'm just saying like how these things tend to go. It'd be like it'd be pretty crazy considering what sort of faith they put in Mikhail Bridges as uh, a cornerstone piece as mm -hmm. either like, you know, whether they see him as a superstar or as a way to get other superstars in the door. Right. Like he's clearly a very important part of the organization. So I'd be shocked if he wasn't at least asked or, you know, a soft ask or whatever about mm -hmm. it. Right. And I think like that, that feels like it probably makes sense to me in terms of like, you know, what we'll hear about, you know, from these other guys going forward. I, I, I actually think that I actually think they really liked Jock Vaughn a lot. I actually think this was hard. It's actually a testament to how bad that it was on the court that, that he got fired. Right. Cause I think they actually like liked him a lot. Like I think mm -hmm. they thought he was a cerebral guy. They obviously gave him an extension early. He'd been in the building a long time, mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, so it's like they knew him, uh, right? And so I'm, I think that this will probably when he, Sean Mark says it was hard. I bet you it was hard on a human sure. level. Now, I, maybe oh, not yes. in the basketball yeah. level. Yeah. Not maybe not in the basketball level. Maybe on a basketball level, it was lo a long time coming or well overdue, possibly, right? And like, uh, and at the human level, me and like the, the the contextual level made it so that it went on longer than maybe it should have. But I, I believe Marks when he says it was hard, I bet you it was hard on a human level. Um, and I frankly, my guess is like, that's why it took till February 19th and not earlier in the season or something like that. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that the contract extension played a factor in it as well, like oh, on both definitely. levels, right? Individual level. And then from a contract standpoint, which we discussed last week was remember now you're going to pay him money too. And the money from Steve Nash doesn't come off until this off season. So it, just from a business standpoint, you know that you made a choice, it didn't work out, and now you're making the decision to try to not throw, as we, we often use the phrase, don't throw the good money after bad. So you're trying to move on here. Coming up in a second, what does it mean over the remainder of this season, whoever the interim head coach is? What immediate changes would we like to see now that there will be someone new at the helm? We'll dive in on that discussion coming up here in just one second. All right, are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? You ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. They got the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, room up to eight, expansive cargo capacity, advanced available 4x4 capability, 284 horsepower, oh baby, with up to 6,000 pounds of towing. That's when the adventure calls. Maybe you're into the 2024 Nissan Rogue, perfect for the city drives and the great escapes. It's got class-exclusive Google built-in. It's always updating assistant 
to call on for almost anything. Look, forget the days of connecting your phone, Google Assistant, Google Maps, Google Play Store, all built right in to the 2024 Nissan Rogue. You got the Nissan Rogue. You got the Pathfinder. You also have the Nissan Armada to go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so as we continue today's episode, breaking down live on YouTube as well, the firing of Jock Vaughn by the Brooklyn Nets and by Sean Marks, ultimately. So before we talk about just what it means for the remainder of this season, there's also the Sean Marks aspect of this. He's the one as the GM that that makes the statement and says it was difficult and wishes Jock Vaughn all the best. This will be his fourth coach in terms of the interim. And then as Doug pointed out before we got started, and ultimately fifth, unless someone stays here after this season. Does this mean anything in terms of his job security? I, I know that that seems like a silly question to ask when you when you think about other GMs around the league, but that's because most GMs don't even get past the second coach or the third coach. Right. But now we'll be talking fourth and maybe fifth coach. Uh, it, it, do you think that Joe Sai is still in marks we trust here in terms of making decisions, trying to get stable with that core, Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson? And this clearly, clearly has not gone the way they thought. Whatever the big picture plan was over the next couple of years, the idea was we extended Jacques Vaughn to be, again, the steadying hand at the head coaching spot with the steadying players and Mikhail Bridges as a core. And then two years from now, we'll reevaluate. This is fast tracked as they've kind of spiraled here. Yeah, I mean, it, it rings to sa- as to safety to me. I, like, who knows? I, you know, maybe they maybe this is the first step and it's going to be part of a larger organizational bill. I'd be really surprised if that happened. Um, I'm not surprised that. You know, if they were going to do it, not you were going to ultimately fire marks, not naming a successor in coach would make sense because you would want the next GM to be able to hire the next coach. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, As part of the same thing. It sure seems like marks is safe here. Like, I don't really if I had a vote now, I would say he was he looks I mean, completely like Teflon. Right. Like, I, I just don't know what more. I mean, seemingly everything on a high level has gone that could have gone wrong, has gone wrong here. Right. Like, so I don't. And I, while I like a lot of the smaller decisions that they made, like through the draft and some other value pieces, when you look at the highest level decisions here, they've gone as bad as possible. Like Kevin Durant asked for a trade. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving asked for a trade. Mm-hmm. James Harden asked for a trade. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons has barely played. Mm-hmm. They fired Nash. They yeah. fired Vaughn. They yeah. fired Atkinson. Okay. So if you fire all the coaches and all the big, all the best players ask for trades or don't play, like I, I that's kind of the whole thing. So I, I, I don't like what else is there to the game. So what if else those should the, do as a GM other than all of these things that we're listing? Yeah. Oh, and they've lost most of their playoff games too. So like, I, like sure. I just don't like I just don't know what else he could possibly do to get fired. <laughs> and if you're if we're if we're thinking about this through the through the Joe Sy lens, you you go back and say a, a head coach making it through the trade deadline. Well, that that's kind of irrelevant especially for a team that doesn't have high expectations a gm going into the into a trade deadline and coming out the other side that does matter because in theory and by the way organizationally which sean marks is a part of this but they always seem to be a half step behind the process right in terms of their decision making but if you were joe Sai 
and there was some world where you were, I'm sure having conversation with Sean Marks, maybe Vaughn is going to be on the outs here. And if Cy is thinking, maybe you're going to be on the outs here. Well, you would at least think that there's a moment where he has that private discussion for himself because I can fire a GM and bring in a new GM and let them get the ball rolling at the current deadline, whether that's clearing everybody out, making high-level decisions about Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson. Now, it's not typical, but it does extend this timeline now where Sean Marks, he made some of the key decisions. We can reflect on the fact that it's veteran guys, expiring contracts, so any GM probably would have made those moves. But, but I, I think it does matter, especially when you heard the rumors of offers for Mikhail Bridges. You allowed Sean Marks to execute that vision at the deadline, so it would seem unlikely that you'll turn around now, whether it's in the offseason or otherwise, and say, but you're not going to execute going forward. Yeah, like I just don't know. Again, this this the organization has done some nonsensical things in the past also, so I'm not sure Like I can totally trust that um, – you know, sanity is the better part of valor when it comes to just like the decisions they're going to make. But yeah. just like none of the, none of the none of the moves so far would suggest that like there's any trouble ground. Now, maybe you might say to yourself, "Well, Vaughn getting fired is the final stand that this guy has, right?" It's like you right, you, you extended him and you now. extended him, and you got to make sure you make up the playoffs, or like you have to bring in a superstar over the summer. And if you don't do that, then like we're going to part ways. Like, I mean, there might be other pieces that could be rounding out toward the finish but i just like don't that there's really never been any talk of that there's never been any reporting of that there's never been really any sign that vaughn is anything but incredible or excuse me marx is anything but incredibly safe so i just don't see that's just would be just merely just simply a guess like i it would right you know what i mean i don't think that there's any other sign that that would be the case. And look, like we said with the NBA, life comes at you fast. Like all of a sudden, if he was fired tomorrow, I also wouldn't be shocked about that either. And then by the way, Doug and I are, if nothing, like we're willing to be right and wrong on these things because it happens very quickly and things start to snowball in different directions. So I know that a lot of the fan base has said, Jacques Vaughn should have, shouldn't even been the coach coming into this season. Okay. But, but, but sometimes that's disingenuous to your frustration around coming out of a superstar era. We are going to talk about, because we'll have time this week, what changes do we think we'll see in the roster, in rotations, in, in systems, and how they want to run this team to maybe give a sample size? But if we stay inside of this here too, did, did you mention, I, I don't want to put you on a bad spot here, did you have a sense of coaches or names that you had in mind that the Nets might look at? Or am I am I I'm being, this is on the fly here, or was I miss, did I mishear you? No, 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 no. I have some, there's, there's some guys out there. So obviously the first, the first couple are just in-house, right? Kevin Ali, Ronnie Burrell are there. We'll see who's named interim head coach. Like we might get done, you know, that might come out today. So I'm, they play on Thursday. Maybe I'm sure they have some sense of the direction that they're going there. Other guys that are interesting. I mean, you have Mike Budenholzer are still sitting out there. Obviously his tenure with the Bucks starts to look a little better in the context of like how the Bucks have been this year, right? They're already on their second coach this year after, firing him um and whatever you want to say about sort of playoff lack of adjustments right like he had he was a good coach right and specifically defensive minded and if and if they want to like sort of make defense as a core of their of their sort of like marching orders going forward Mm -hmm. then i could see that jared dudley's been a guy that's been sort of like bantied about x net really highly respected with the mavs organization now as assistant like that is a guy that I think you could see crop up here, right? Mm-hmm. Just because of like some of the historical stuff, 
and I, and he's just like really well liked yeah. <laughs> across across the league. Sam Cassell is a guy's name I I saw thrown out there. David Adelman, like there's been guys that are mentioned. Um, but I don't like I don't I'd be shocked if there was like a front runner right now for that. But I do think that there are guys out there. I mean, Atkinson's still an assistant coach. I, I doubt they would yeah. do that, but like I doubt like I'm sure that that, that by the way, I don't know you're mentioning mentioning these names off the top of your head, but would, that would be that would be the ultimate. The ultimate move from Sean Marks would be, we're going back to where it all began, baby. Kenny Atkinson coming through the door with, I think, if I have this correctly, I'm so glad when I have these stats kind of ready to go here. Kenny Atkinson, 383 win percentage. This is how we build, right? Like, it just, you'd bring it all back to neutral. On on those two guys, I will say, like, Ali, who was brought into this staff, and then Burrell is interesting to me because I wonder if organizationally, like, you elevated him from the G League, did a great job down there, it's on the one hand, you could elevate him and say, here's your opportunity to, to earn this role, show something over the back end of this season, and then it'd be a, kind of a nice organizational story, right? That you groom this coach up the chain of command. Or <laughs> when we've seen recent track record and how this team has played, you go, I really don't want to damage a very good coach that we've developed by putting him in an impossible spot. So that's the weird part here for me in the short term. And I wonder how the Nets are going to really thread the needle on somebody's got to coach this team over the final 30 games. So we uh, 29 games. So we'll obviously get that as it comes out and continue to discuss it. But that that's the fascinating part here. You kind of, whoever they name, if it's just interim, there's a big part of it where you feel like he's the lame duck for these last 20, you know, 20 plus games, which is probably again, another reason why they were maybe holding off on firing Vaughn because it's okay to let him go after a really, really bad year. If he's the guy start to finish. Now you could actually damage another potential coach inside your team. Which is exactly why I thought they wouldn't do it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> this was, was, it, this was always it, your talking point. Was like this you're was putting someone in a horrible spot, and they're going to look bad at the end of the year if they don't. This win. was reason one, two, and three why I didn't think they would do this. Like yeah. because of that exact thing that you just said. Now, uh, the last note I will make here before we get out the door, I'm pretty sure we're going to stick around for a few minutes extra here. A massive group of people, as we anticipated, coming in on the live. One other reason, no matter whether it's the interim coach or otherwise, that it made sense to fire Jock Vaughn coming out of those two Celtics games is because, remember, we said, and it was harder to stick to this after they got absolutely dumpstered by, by the Celtics. After those two games, though, they are on the road. And this is another good reason why, away from Barclays, Toronto, Minnesota, Memphis, Orlando, then home for two games against the Hawks, the Grizzlies again at home, and then a Sixers team that's obviously in a little bit of flux. This was a somewhat, quote, softish landing spot on the schedule, too. So whoever you name the head coach, at least gets a little bit of a favorable runway here to get themselves going, institute some new ideas and principles to the team, and maybe give the fan base a little bit of a jolt. This is the PR part of this too. Like the, the, the timing of these things matters when you're trying to maybe sell the fan base that we got rid of the coach that wasn't doing enough. And look, look at the four and three record over the first seven games for the incoming, you know, interim head coach as well. Yeah. And you also give yourselves like, you know, four days to, just until your next game or three days till your next game. Right? right. Like you got all the players are out of the building right now because they're all on the all-star break. Right. So yeah. there's just a lot of other timing pieces that ended up making a lot of sense. You clear out, you clear away the NBA festivities too from the weekend, like just like the dunk contest and the all-star game and all this other stuff that the NBA probably doesn't want detractions away from like on the media side to like have other things be stories. And you just get like a Monday morning. There's a lot of like the timing around this makes a hundred percent sense. Yeah. I, I get every part of it. It makes, it all makes sense. It's yeah. just that 
I'm just I still remain just a little a little surprised that they end up doing it for the other pieces that we already mentioned. Much appreciated, everyone that jumped into the YouTube live. We'll stick around for a few minutes here mm-hmm. uh, to talk, and if you have some questions, throw them up on Locked On Nets. Make sure you go visit the WeGotNets.com. Mm-hmm. Grab that ebook, right? Maybe the Jacques Vaughn ends up becoming a story uh, that we write that we end up writing about the story of Jacques Vaughn and the 2023-24 season. WeGotNets.com. I thought we'd get to see forever, but forever's gone away. It's so hard to say goodbye oh. to yesterday. Boys to men, come on. Yes. Some of the all-time great poets will be back again in a moment on YouTube and tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. Basketball, 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 basketball. Yeah. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.